Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad that you're with us. We're in a series called Living is Christ. We're six weeks in. Um, we're talking about the life that we're called to have in Christ, that Jesus came to give us full and abundant now and forever life. We have a very real enemy that wants to steal that life away. And so we're looking at um, a passage of Scripture in Philippians where Paul gives us an idea about this life, and then uh, um, we're going to continue on starting next week in, in, uh, with another passage of Scripture that really kind of helps us focus in on some things. But uh, we've talked about dealing with shame. We've talked about lives of purpose. We've talked about... Um, dealing in the tension of a life of purpose and a longing for heaven. <clears throat> uh, last week, we talked about living in the overflow. And this week, I want to talk about living in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Living in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's where we're heading. That's the intro. Here's the joke time in the transition. <clears throat> last week, I did a little dictionary joke that really bombed. So instead of doing the dictionary thing, I've decided to read the thesaurus instead because a mind is a terrible thing to garbage. That's thesaurus humor. Didn't work either, huh? Wow. Although I got to tell you guys, the, the dictionary jokes bombed here Friday night, but they were a hit on Sunday or Saturday night. I don't know why, so maybe it's not me. See what this one, see, you're going to my test audience. Knock, knock. Control freak. Here's where you say control freak who? At least that got a laugh. <laughs> Maybe I'll keep that one and get rid of the other one. <clears throat> where are average things manufactured? At the satisfactory. Scripture reading here on purpose. Apologies to the newcomers. Here we go. Philippians 1, beginning in verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one uh, or contending together for the faith. Of the gospel. I want to really focus in today on the first part there of Philippians 1.27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So what does that mean? What are we talking about? First point in your notes, living worthy of the gospel. Living worthy of the gospel. That's point number one. So Paul wants the Philippian believers to conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, the word translated there, conduct yourselves, comes from the same root word um, as, a, as a word in Philippians 3.20. And the idea is, is to live as a citizen. To conduct yourselves means to live as a citizen. 
Philippians 3.20, the root word is also used where Paul talks about our citizenship being in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the idea in, in Philippians 1 is Paul is telling the Philippians to live as citizens of heaven, conducting themselves, in effect, as citizens of heaven. Now, Philippi was a Roman colony. And so its residents were Roman citizens, and Roman citizenship carried with it just really prized privileges. But Paul is telling his readers, the believers in Philippi, that they have an even more prized citizenship, that the citizenship of heaven is even better. And so because of that, they should be inspired to live in a way that demonstrates the worth of the gospel. Now, We've been through this a lot, but it's always worth covering and going over again. When we talk about the gospel, we're talking about the good news. Same, same word is used there, the good news, the gospel. And scripturally, the, the gospel message, the heart of the gospel is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. Every believer should know this particular passage of scripture, or at least know where it is. And it says this, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you will believe in vain. And here we go, verse 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the to the Scriptures. That's the heart of the Gospel. Those three things. He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the heart of the message. That's what you need to know. That's what took place. That's what Jesus did for us in effect so that we could have life forever in Him. He came. He willingly exchanged His life for ours on the cross, paying for all of our sins. And then He defeated death and He rose again Um, according to the Scripture on the third day, He was the firstborn of many, and He's made a way for all of us to experience that life with Him forever because of what He's done on the cross. So He came, willingly gave His life, died, defeated death, rose again. That's the heart of the gospel. That's the good news. That's the heart of the message. You know, there's, there's lots of other things we cloud it with, but that's the message that transforms people and changes them and brings them from death into life, from darkness into light. That's it. That's the gospel. And, and, and so what Paul is saying, as we get started there, is that we need to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. We need to live as citizens of heaven because of the worth of the gospel. So the, the second point is something we have to reflect on, is, is how much is the gospel worth? How much is the gospel worth to you? How much is this good news worth? What's it worth? So, to live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ um, presupposes that we have found worth in the gospel. So our capacity to live worthy of the gospel, it's based on the worth that we ourselves have found in it, that we ourselves give it. If we value other things more than Christ, it will reflect itself in how we live. That's really the whole deal. So, so anything that we're giving more value in our lives is going to be reflected more than being reflections and, and uh, people who are living in and conducting themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul said this 
in Philippians 3.8. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul says, look, I've taken a big look at this and everything. And now Paul came from a pretty, you know, big deal set up, best education, well-established, um, you know, in the things that he did. And he, he said he gave it all away. It was, he, con- he actually counted it all lost. It was like rubbish to him compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, compared to the gospel, see? And so that's his statement. And, and so the questions that we need to be asking ourselves are, how much is the gospel really worth? How much is this good news worth to me? And the answer is, ultimately, it's worth everything. Everything you were made for, everything you want, every dream you've ever had, um, whether you realize it or not, it's answered in the gospel announcement that Jesus is Lord. Everything that matters is wrapped up in the good news. Relationships, significance, security, it's all there. And it's not only there forever, it's there now. And so um, what, what's taking place here and what we need to get to is that as citizens of heaven, which is what we are in Christ, we're to value what heaven values and what heaven values is Jesus Christ and the gospel. That's, that's the heart of it all. So, so we need to be aware of these things and our lives need to reflect this understanding. And, um, you know... <laughs> We have to understand that, that above it all, we're citizens of heaven. And so that needs to reflect itself in our lives. And it's very easy to get caught up in, in lesser things. And they begin to reflect our lives. But, but the reality is we have to understand that the, the most worthwhile thing in our life is the gospel, the good news. It's, it's, it's above everything else. Everything else pales in comparison to the gospel. So how do we do this? How does a citizen of heaven live in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. How do we live as citizens of heaven? And at its heart, um, at the foundation of this, it's about being consistent with what we know. It's about being consistent with what we share with others, uh, about, you know, the, how we share this thing. It's a being consistent in what we believe. And, and I, the term that I would say that's important for this as citizen of heaven is that it's about integrity. It's about integrity. And so the third point is that. It's about living in integrity and how important this is and, and how, um, how unfortunately there's not much integrity any longer. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's severely lacking in most places. And, and it's unfortunately also lacking in the church. And, and our lack of um, integrity at times is stripping us of our credibility um, because what happens is, if, if we're not living lives of integrity, we have a, a tendency of saying one thing and doing another, living one way and, and you know, preaching a different way. And it, it's only when the church lives true to the message, true to the gospel. And, you know, when I say the church, I'm talking about you and me, right? We're the church. It's, that's us. Tonight, we're the church. This is us. The church assembled. It's you guys and me. We make up the church. It's not the building. I always have to kind of take a little... Because we, I'm, as, I'm just like you, most of you said, hey, let's, let's go to church tonight. In our minds, we thought about walking into this physical space. But the reality is when you said go to church, you were coming and you were bringing part of the church with you because you're part of the church and here we're the church. When we leave this building, you're still the church. You're no less the church than when you came in. So this, when I talk about the church, I'm talking about us uh, as people. 
And so it's only when we live true to the message, um, it's only when it's impacting our lives in a, in a demonstrable way um, and that it's changing us that we have integrity in the world around us. And, and see, um, it, it's only in that integrity that the gospel message, which we're already saying needs to be the, most, the highest value in our lives, it's only when we're living in integrity that it can be received by others with, with the, the way it needs to be received in a life-changing way, in a, in a way that's clear and believable. So, you know, when I think practically about integrity, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's when what I say I believe matches up with how I'm, how I'm living. Um, the old saying would be, practice what you preach. But, but every area of my, of my life that, that doesn't match up with what I say I believe is an area where I'm still lacking integrity. And, and I would love to be able to stand up here after 30 years in this walk with the Lord and say to you, I don't have any of those areas in my life, but that wouldn't be true, and it would lack integrity. So I don't want to do that. But, but I'm aware of those things, and so in my life, you know, I, I really am, am trying to um, yield to the Spirit of God. We're going to talk more about that next week. So that He helps me in those areas, so that my understanding is citizen of heaven first, and what does that mean, and what is that value, Jesus and the gospel, and then let my life reflect that in the world around me so that what I say and what I do begin to line up, and so that, that these things then... So, uh, so I begin to have some demonstrable integrity in the world around me. And so integrity, it's about, it's about doing the next right thing. We talk about that all the time. It's a, it's a heart issue. Uh, it's, you know, and at some level, I, I want to do what's right because of my family and my, my friends and because of the church. Um, but if my heart isn't engaged, it's not going to be enough. See, if, 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 I, if I thought that a wrong decision could be done so that no one would know, would I still choose to do what's right? See, that's the, that's the big issue. And that's what integrity is about. And I, and I think, you know, most of us, we've experienced sort of justifying and rationalizing our wrong choices. I love that word, rationalize, because that's what we tell ourselves, right? Rational lies. They lack integrity, but we use them all the time to sort of justify doing things that we know we shouldn't do. And, and so, you know, we start going into this whole process. Well, no one will know. And, and you know, I, I deserve it. I've been, I've been really good lately. And, you know, life isn't fair. And, and you know, who's it going to hurt? And I'm, I'm really tired of waiting. And, and, of course, you know, the biggest rational lie of all, well, God, God wants me to be happy, doesn't he? Uh, you know, I think a lot of us have defaulted to that one. Well, God, God wants me to be happy. And so I'm going to plunge into things that are completely wrong because I want to be immediately happy. The reality is yeah, God does want you to be happy, but not at the expense of your integrity, ever. He really does. Sometimes we have to wait a little. Sometimes we have to not always jump after everything we think we should. It's, it's a process, see? And so, so you know, this, but integrity is such a valuable thing. It's so important for us. Um, to be the people that we're called to be. So a couple of practical things on this process that I think are very helpful. Little letter A under number three is, is live like someone is watching. Live like someone is watching. See, 
A lot of people will do the right thing when they know other people are watching. And that's good. Integrity, though, will do the right thing even when no one is watching. And so live like someone is watching because someone always is watching. I don't know if you're aware of that. Do we have someone that's always watching? Listen to this. Proverbs 15.3, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. <gasps> it's exactly what it means. Everywhere. If you grab that dictionary that I've been having trouble with and looked up everywhere, you know what it means? Everywhere. Keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Well, that's pretty intense. So he's watching everywhere. And so the thing is, though, it's, it's not a bad thing to live like somebody's watching. It's actually very freeing. A lot of people, cause, so, so a lot of people get all uptight about all this stuff because now in our culture, in many places, you're always being watched. There's cameras everywhere, right? I mean, so, so in effect, in many places, you're being watched wherever you go. And people get, well, it's not right. It's not. Here's the thing. It just shouldn't matter, ultimately, because you should always be living in a way that it doesn't matter who's watching because everybody ought to be able to watch when you're doing the next right thing. It, it just, it's, it's really not a bad situation. And, and so with the idea that, that, well, God is always watching and it's okay to be who you are in front of Him. It's, it's very freeing because you don't have to pretend. See, a lot of times people will go through life pretending and putting on masks. I mean, just live like somebody's always watching. And, and you don't have to pretend to be something you aren't. And, and life isn't better. Um, you know, life is much better when you're living all the time trying to do the next right thing. So just, you know, like, like if you think about it like the, those sort of hidden camera things. You ever seen those on TV and people? My, I always had this, I have a funny story. My, so at the Big Pine restaurant, the one over by the post office, sometime years ago, my wife and I were in there. We were having dinner. And she came out of the restroom. And where the restrooms are used to be near the cash registers. And when she came out on the floor, there was a $100 bill. Nobody around, $100 bill. So she picked up the $100 bill. I didn't see her do any of this. And then... Uh, she came back to me and she said, that's not what she finished. I mean, so she came back to me and she told me this story. I, I picked up, a, I found a hundred dollar bill. I said, what'd you do? Well, I gave it to the cashier and said, here, I just found this hundred dollar bill. And then she said, I figured maybe I was on camera. <laughs> and it was like a test. Not that she wouldn't have done it anyway, but the thought was, what would that look like if, if here comes the pastor's wife in the restaurant and it's a setup, and there's a $100 bill. Now, she would have done, it's my wife, would have done the right thing anyway. But the whole thought process went through, well, what if the, it was all on a camera, you know? And, and, uh, and I, I said, you know, it's really, it's a great way to think about life. What if everything is, what if it's all there? And, and how we live makes a difference. So always live like somebody is watching. You know, I've heard stories where, where people um, in situations when they, they've known someone as a believer will like purposely give them the wrong change to see what they do. They, how about that for a test? So if, you, if you're somewhere and they... Stuff like that. Anyway, always live like something. Always do the next right thing. That's integrity. That's easy. And, and so B, little letter B, just live a life that pleases God. We're called to do that anyway. First Thessalonians 4.1, Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. So live lives that you, you know that would please the Lord. And so that's part of integrity, living lives that please the Lord. And the reality is, and this is the faithfulness of God, it's this, not possible without His help. 
See, God never calls us to do something that He won't help us in, and He empowers us by His Spirit to live these kind of lives and, and that make a difference. And, and so um, you need to know through this thing that He's with you and that He's for you, that He loves you, that He forgives you, that even when we do mess up, He'll forgive us and empower us by His Spirit, new start, to go and do the next right thing. But, but the reality is we're moving towards these lives of integrity because they, they matter, they matter um, to the heart of the gospel and what we're called to. Henry Nouwen, uh, he's an author and counselor, philosopher kind of guy. He, he asked Mother Teresa for a little spiritual direction one time. And, uh, you know, just kind of, she was there and he, apparently he went to her. So, you know, how do I, how, what should I do? Give me a, give me a something and I'm living this thing out. I love what she said. She said this, spend one hour each day in adoration of your Lord and never do anything you know is wrong follow this and you'll be fine. Isn't that great? Can you just see, see her saying that? Because it's really simple, right? Love Jesus, spend time with Him, never do anything you know is wrong, do that and you're going to be just fine. How simple is that? That's, a, that's, that's in itself all you needed to hear if you got nothing else. Hang out with Jesus. If, it, you, if you know it's wrong, don't do it and you're going to be just fine in your walk with Him. That's really, really cool. So, this week, I want you to think about these things. Um, citizens of heaven value what heaven value? Jesus and His gospel. Um, as citizens of heaven, we should be inspired to live in a way that demonstrates the worth of the gospel, which means we should be living, the, you know, uh, as citizens uh, because the gospel of Christ has great worth. It's, it's good news that Jesus is Lord of all creation. And, and so um, living lives of integrity will make the world around us able to hear the message. And, and so um, integrity makes the message clear and believable to the world around us. So we're being called to that. But He empowers us to do it as well. So I want you to think about those things this week and, and what it means to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ and how important integrity is in our life and to the message. And that's enough for today. If you're watching by video, thank you for watching. We appreciate you doing that. Come and visit us when you can. If you need prayer, go to the website. There is a prayer page there. Put in your prayer request, and we will pray for you. We hope to see you soon.